Let's just keep silence in our presence. <laughs> the Lord is here with us. He is Emmanuel. His presence is here with us. His Shekinah glory. We thank you, Lord. We appreciate you. You have not gathered us in vain. Our gathering is unto you. Our gathering is because of you. Our gathering is for you. We have come to fellowship with you. We have come to pray. We have come to worship. We have come to give thanks. We've come to praise your name. We've come to know you. We want to know you as we have never known you before. We want a level of intimacy to go to the next level. We want to be one with you. Thank you, God, for visiting us. Thank you for that which you have done which you are doing and which you will do. We say we are grateful. Thank you for our 11th hour miracle. Thank you because no one will be left empty handed. Thank you because the unsaved shall be saved, the sick shall be healed, and the captives delivered. Father, for with you, nothing shall be impossible. Thank you because we we know that you're able to do all things. Your word says, if we can only believe, nothing shall be impossible for them that believe. Help our unbelief, oh God. Help our unbelief that we may not miss that which you have prepared at this 11th hour. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. I love that man of Galilee for he has done so very much for me. He has forgiven me of
more time. One more time. Just express your love. Express your love. Tell God that you love him. Tell him you love him. He loves us. He loves us. He gave his very best. Express your love unto him. Reciprocate. 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 Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Yes, as he has loved us. Even when we were yet in sin, he loved us and brought us out of our mess, brought us out of our sin, brought us out of uh, whatever situation that was uh, a shame, an embarrassment, a disgrace, whatever, all the situation that had taken the glory of God away from us, he brought us out. Express your love unto him. Thank you, O God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We quickly look at Luke chapter 15. We want to talk about the prodigal son. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 12. We might not, 11 to 24. Uh, we'll try and read as much, but uh, we might just paraphrase some of it. Luke chapter 15, 11 to 24. And I want to thank God for this month of November, and I believe that as you are expectant, before the end of this month, you will receive your 11th hour miracle in Jesus' name. I said before the end of this month, you will receive your 11th hour miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. Indeed, it will not just be singular, it will be plural. You will receive miracles in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Let's look, look at uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24 and uh, just asking the Lord what would be uh, what is he saying concerning the month of December we have been talking about salvation and uh, it, I kept on uh, is it going to be are we continuing with salvation yes the Lord says you are going to continue but uh, in a different format because what we have received is what God has given unto us. And it is by grace that we received it. And it is by grace that we're still standing this very moment. Amen? It is by the grace of God we'll see the end of this year. By the grace of God, we would enter into 2022. By the grace of God, you are not entering to just uh, see it. You are entering to partake of its fullness in the mighty name of Jesus. So what was laid upon my heart was by the Lord was uh, this month of uh, December coming, the very last month, it will be a month of rejoicing, praying, and thanksgiving. Amen. And uh, why are we rejoicing? It is because of the salvation of our souls. Why are we praying? Because we want to continue to be connected to our Redeemer, the Lord that has saved us. And why are we giving thanks? For we know all things are possible with him. He has done 
those things in the past, he's doing those things today, and he will do that which he says he will do tomorrow. So we will be rejoicing, we will be praying, and we will be giving thanks, thanksgiving unto the Most High God. Amen. Let someone shout aloud, hallelujah. Amen. I didn't hear you because I, I want you to shout that hallelujah of knowing that you would rejoice. The enemy will not rejoice over you in the mighty name of Jesus. You're on the winning side. Amen. Not the losing side. You can never lose. Amen. Because God has never, never, never lost control. Amen. The Bible says, he that keepeth us, neither sleepeth nor slumbers. Let's look at Luke chapter 15. Uh, we're reading from verse 11 to 24, and it says here, Then he said, and this is Jesus Christ, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Amen. Maybe we'll talk about that at a later stage. He divided to them. So the one that asked and the one that did not ask, they both got uh, what was, would be considered their inheritance. Amen? So he divided to them, not to him. Uh, he divided to them his livelihood. And his livelihood means that it's an inheritance. It belongs to him, but he's given it unto them. 13, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Verse 14, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to want. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. 16. And he would gladly have filled the stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. Verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Verse 18, I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, and he rose and came to his father, and when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the breast rope. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Verse 24, for this is my son, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost 
and is found. And they began to marry. And this is a classic story of, uh, uh, that symbolizes the, rep uh, the salvation of our souls. And we believe that uh, God himself has given us the very best gift, and that is the gift of salvation. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible tells us in Romans, if he has given us his only begotten son, Romans 8, what else will he withhold from us? If he has given us the very best, the best miracle, the best blessing, the best testimony, what else is he going to withhold? It means that you and I are going to be able to connect with every other thing because he has given the very best. Amen? So there should be no reason why we should disbelieve him or doubt him or think maybe he is not going to do it. If he has given the very best, then why should he not give every other thing to you and I? And this story, we are familiar with it. Uh, the Bible lets us know uh, that a young man, it could be a young man, it could be an adult, it could be anybody, but the fact is that this particular man felt uh, maybe life would be a lot better away from the father's presence or the father's home. You know, sometimes the grass is always looking greener on the other side. You know, sometimes we do not even appreciate what we have until we do not have it. It was in the father's house. Uh, in the father's house, the, he had life. He had health, he had food, he had uh, clothing, he had housing, he had everything. Even the servants, as he acknowledged, even had this. But despite the fact that he had all those things, he did not appreciate. He believed that uh, it, it could be better away from the father's house. He was not even patient to wait for the appropriate time to even go ahead and see how he can make things out for himself and still ensure that you do not burn bridges. You do not, do not disconnect from the father. He wanted to go. He was not even patient to allow the father to pass on to collect inheritance. Inheritance comes as a result of the, part, the, 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 the donor or the, one, the, the testator not being alive. But because of the love of the father, he still gave on to. Amen? Because uh, a good father leaves an inheritance onto his children's children. So this, this scripture tells us uh, of the way parties perceive even uh, the, the salvation, the gift of salvation, which we have said is the very best that has been given. But a lot of people do not appreciate it. They believe that they can get something better on the other side. And that's what this young man uh, did. He felt, I'm not, I'm not just happy here. I just not, I'm not okay as a, as a, a believer. I'm not okay as, a, as someone that God has protected and blessed and whatever. I think I, I need to go away and try to do. No, you listen carefully. Grace Salvation is by grace. 
It was grace that was operational, and the young man wanted to go outside grace so that he would struggle and toil and think it was by his own ability. It is by grace. So from this story, because of time, I just want to point out something we will need to learn from this story so that we are in a better position to appreciate the gift of life, the gift of Jesus, the gift of salvation that we have received. And especially at a time like this, in this pandemic season, there are a lot of parties, whether they know it or not, they are drifting away. They are not where they are. You know, you cannot stop. You, you're on a hill and you are riding. If you are riding a bike on a hill or driving, you cannot just stop. And If you are not going forward, if you are not accelerating, then you begin to go backwards. And it's always important that we are always assessing ourselves. And that's why the Bible says we should examine ourselves whether we are still in the faith. You know, so this story pertains to unbelievers because we all belong to God. And it also pertains to believers because there are also believers that are finding themselves backsliding and thinking that, well, I don't really need God or need the Father as I thought I did and find themselves drifting off even like the unbeliever. And when you get to that stage where you are a believer and you are beginning to drift away, uh, thinking that you can, you can be independent of God, you can survive without God, then what is the difference? Then you are not a believer, you are an unbeliever. Because you do not believe in God again. So being a believer is not a title, it's an action. Being a believer is how you respond to the word of God, how you respond to God, how you respond to Jesus. And that's why the Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's look at this from this scripture. Uh, one, we know that we do have an inheritance. If you did not know it, now you know it. If you know it before and you had forgotten, I'm just assigned to remember, remind you, you have an inheritance. Don't misuse your inheritance. Don't abandon your inheritance. Don't abuse your inheritance. Don't give up your birthright. Don't exchange your inheritance or your birthright for something that is worthless or temporal. So it's always important you know that you have an inheritance. And the two, second thing I want you to know is that your inheritance is in the presence of the Lord. It is where you will manifest. It is where you will flourish. It is where you will be who you ought to be. It is where you will not struggle, you will not toil, you will not labor, because it is where you will be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. And that's why the scripture says in Psalm 16 verse 11, you will show me the part of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. When you are in the presence of God, you do not have to, uh, you, 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 you allow yourself God to do what he says 
he will do in your life. Let's look at the third point from this. I said the first is that we have an inheritance. The second is the inheritance is in the presence of God. Thirdly, uh, from this scripture, we discover that there is lack and famine away from the presence of the Father. So what you thought was the grass was looking greener is not what you think it is. It is just a wrong perception. You need a paradigm shift. Why are you having that wrong perception? Because you are not appreciating what you have. And when you continue to be discontent with what you have, then you think other parties' lives are better than yours or the, you, you rather prefer living another person's life. At that moment, you have lost your identity. If you do not know who you are, then someone else needs to tell you who you ought to be. You will not have an identity crisis in the mighty name of Jesus. But I want to let you know the third point that there is lack outside the presence of God. If it says in the scripture, in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. It means that outside, your pre outside his presence, your joy is gone, your peace is gone. There is a fullness of joy. There isn't any fullness of anything in because you are outside his presence. And that's what happened to the prodigal son. Immediately he left the presence of God or the father. As the scripture says. Immediately what he thought he had began to dwindle off. Began to disappear. Began to vanish. What he thought would last him a lifetime begins to go. Money disappeared. Joy disappeared. Peace disappeared. Health disappeared. If he had not made a U-turn, life would have disappeared also. So he discovered that, and I pray that you also would discover that there's lack and famine, there's toiling, there's laboring, there's struggling, there's hunger outside the present. Why? Because sin takes you away, and when sin takes you away from the presence of the Father, sin remains with you, and sin causes lack, sin causes famine, sin causes death, sin causes darkness, and everything that will bring shame to anyone. Romans 3, 20, uh, 23 says uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So once you depart from the presence of God, once you walk away, knowingly or unknowingly, then the glory of God departs. You find yourself in an Ichabod situation where the glory of God departs. And when the glory of God departs, all the things that will bring shame. Remember, Adam says, and Eve said, we were ashamed, we were afraid, and we hid ourselves. Shame will not be your portion. Fear will not be your portion. Embarrassment will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Now, fourthly, outside the presence of God, let us note that man cannot help you. It is when you find favor with God, he will cause men to grant you favor. The young man discovered that all the people that he thought were helping him or would help him or could help him, suddenly they all disappeared. 
There's no other friend that you can have than Jesus Christ. So you want to know that when you have people that, uh, that are relating to you, it's not because you're, the Bible says when you do that which is pleasing in the sight of God, even your enemies will be at peace with you. Why? Because God intervenes. He holds the hands or hearts of kings in his hands and turns it whichever way he pleases. So if you are seeking men, thinking like this young man, that all those people, all those friends, they all disappeared. Even the one that wanted to help him, he discovered that that was not help at all. It was punishment. Isaiah 31 verses 1 and 3. Isaiah 31 and, uh, verses 1 and 3. It says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses. Woe to them. If you're going to look for help from men and God has uh, not told you, you'll find that you will run into a problem. As a young man, those days when I was looking for a job after coming back from National Youth Service Corps, uh, thank God for my dad and thank God for the contacts he had, you know, and these contacts were very well placed. And each time he says, go and see this person, I, at that time I had a misconception that everything was settled. <laughs> I will not mention names, but one of them said, ah, if you had come five months ago. I said, I did come. I was serving five months ago. I'm here now. <laughs> Another one kept on, come tomorrow, <laughs> come tomorrow. After a while, when I come tomorrow, I hang out in his reception, uh, then go back. So I was actually walking in his reception. <laughs> then I go back home. Then the next time I call, they say he has traveled abroad. <laughs> he didn't even give me the courtesy of telling me that I will not be around. So I will not be watching the news. Then they say this man was a well-known. He's back in the country. Then I go back to my reception. Uh, <laughs> the day that he decided to show me that he had the capacity, he wrote, he gave me a card that told me to go and see the uh, HR director in one of the big organizations. When I went with his card, if you see how the HR director was almost like it was, it, was, it, was, it was almost like uh, bowing for me. Ah, help me greet our chief. Help me greet her. Ah, you know, it was obvious that if he had said that guy should appoint, uh, I should start work that very day, I would start work. But it was just to whet my appetite. <laughs> I, I think I learned a lesson. After a while, I told my dad, don't bother that guy. I'll carry my briefcase. <laughs> You know, because don't look at man, look at God. If you didn't know like I know then, <laughs> I hope you know now, especially all the things happening. Even when man has the capacity, it might, they might not. And that's why the scripture says, what to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses. Now the Egyptians, as the scripture says in verse 3, it says here, listen to this, I just said, it says, now the Egyptians are men and not God. And their horses are flesh and, and not spirits. <laughs> they are also trying to survive. <laughs> they are also looking for help. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go to some of these big men. 
they are also looking for help because they are owing by maybe 10 billion. <laughs> You're wondering, they have all the paraphernalia of success, but <laughs> they are looking for help. They are, as the scripture says, the Egyptians are men and not God. They are horses that you see. All those, <laughs> they are flesh, not spirit. The Mercedes Benz, the Rose Rice is not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall, and he who is looking for help will fall. <laughs> Amen. So be careful. <laughs> I will not say beyond that. <laughs> I think the young man, Prodigal learned that. I hope you learned also. Pastor Ken also learned, and we're still learning. Number five, help comes as a result of repentance. Amen? So please note, help comes when you decide to change your ways. What's repentance? It's not persuasion. It's conviction. You are convicted that it is God. You repent of your ways. You now decide that it is God you are going to focus on. And this young man learned that. And the Bible says that he now sat back and thought deeply and decided to repent of his ways. He did not just think about it as some of us are thinking about it, but not doing anything. Faith without works is dead faith. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession. You need to believe, you need to confess, and you need to act upon it. And this is what the young man did. He acted upon it. He repented of his ways and decided to go back to the Father. And I believe that as he went back to the presence of the Lord, he received, uh, went back to the presence of the Father, he received a restoration. As we are coming to the end of this year, we want to ensure that we are doing the right things. Please, I want to beg you, do not leave your inheritance. Do not leave your blessing. I want to beg you, do not walk away from the presence of the Lord. How do you know that you are living? You have stopped seeking the word of God. You have stopped praying. You have stopped worshiping. You have stopped fellowshipping. You have stopped serving God if you are serving him in one capacity or the other. Because suddenly you are in that mindset that you don't really need God. And that is the original sin. The original sin that occurred was the devil, the serpent, convinced Adam and Eve that they do not really need God because they can be like God. They don't need God to tell them about what is good or evil. You could go and partake of that fruit of knowledge of good and evil and be like God and decide on your own whether seeking the word of God is good or bad or doing every other thing that the word of God says we can decide. And when you take your decision, it's based on your own perspective. Your perspective will be that there is a pandemic going on. I need to take it easy. Unfortunately, we are in lockdown for things of God, but not lockdown for the things of grocery or lockdown for the things of work or other things. We are not making ourselves available. You could be in that prodigal son situation. I want us to bow our heads and let us pray. Let us pray. 
You might be here in church, you might be online. But the question that was asked in the Garden of Eden is, Adam, where are you? It's not a question that is dealing with geographical location. It's not a question that is dealing with physical location. It's a question that is dealing with spiritual location. The same question has been asked to you at a time like this. Where are you? And I believe that is the same question that was ministered to the heart of the prodigal son. Where are you? And he looked around himself and he saw himself just at his lowest point, struggling with swine, eating the food of pigs. No one could help him. He now remembered. He remembered that in the father's house, everything was guaranteed. And he took a decision. Adam was asked that question. And the decision he chose was decision of self. Excuses, blaming, argument, disagreement, and all those things that are of carnal nature because he refused to acknowledge that the question is not a geographical question, location question, but a spiritual question. Where are you right now? Have you examined your spiritual life? Have you left the presence of the Father? I want to let you know that the Father is waiting. He has always been waiting. But the decision has to be from you. Because it's not by coercion. It's not by compulsion. For God so loved the world. Every one of us, God loves us. But he says, He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever believes in Him, so whoever willingly with their heart, with their spirit, believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What do you believe in? I want us to rise up on our faith. Talk to the Lord right now. We're still rounding up. Ask for help from the Holy Spirit. We prayed seriously in the spirit. The Bible says the spirit helps our infirmity. We do not know what to pray about, but it helps our infirmity so that we will pray the will of God. I want you to talk to God that you will not, like Esau, abandon your birthright. You will not walk away from your inheritance. You will not abandon your birthright. also that you will not leave the presence of the Lord. You will not leave the presence of the Lord. Pray also that if by chance you are not in the core, you are on the periphery and you know you are drifting away. 
The Bible lets us know it's not man, it's God that will restore you. It's not man, it's God that saved. It's not man, it's Jesus. It's not by power or might, it is by the Spirit of God. Ask for a restoration. Ask for a restoration. Ask for a restoration. The young man said, in my father's house, even the servants have enough. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask for a restoration. But for you to get that restoration, you need to be repentant. Ask for mercy. Ask the Lord be merciful. If you have not been doing what you ought to do, if you are not where you ought to be, if you have not been doing what God expects of you at this time of your life or your spiritual uh, uh, growth, ask for mercy, ask for mercy, ask for mercy. Lastly, I just want us to just thank God, thank God, thank God. He's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. As you ask for mercy and you ask for restoration, you are not living here empty-handed. The Father would always embrace. The Father has been waiting. And as he embraces, he restores you back to your position and indeed more because the young man got more. There was celebration, rejoicing because he was back. Father, we thank you, God. We know that your children will take a decision not by persuasion, but by conviction. Not by emotion, by conviction. Not by influence, but by conviction. Let your spirit convict them. Let them believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died for their sins and let them confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Father, let them never, never, never deny Jesus before men. Let them never never deny Jesus when they are out there in the marketplace. Father, as they confess Jesus before men, Jesus will confess them before the Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for preparation as we are getting to the end of this month of November. Father, prepare us for what you have prepared for this season and prepare us for that which you have prepared for December. And prepare us for that which you have prepared for the year 2022. Thank you for helping us bring an end to this pandemic. So that your children would not be distracted. They will look unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of their faith. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you mightily. The Lord be with you. And uh, that which God has kept for you. It will be permanent in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you.